All right, so we, yeah, we're kicking off a brand new series today called Life in the Balance, and uh, we are taking what are some of the paradoxes in Scripture and then holding them in tension. You know, the Bible is like super clear on so many things. Jesus is the Son of God. That's not up for debate. That's super clear. But on a host of other things, there's these like, um, like paradoxes, like sovereignty and free will, or faith and obedience, and then today we're going to talk about truth and grace, and so... Uh, we're going to observe how the way of Jesus is often found in holding the tension between things that at first glance may seem to be in opposition from one another. And through the example of Jesus and, and the guidance of Scripture and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we're gonna, we, we can live in the balance. So, we are called by God uh, to live and love with grace and truth. We say it all the time uh, here at at PFC, that we are a people following Jesus, and as we're going to see in just a moment, Jesus uh, modeled this for us. Interesting thing happened last Sunday. I got to tell you about this. This was uh, during the second service. We were about 10 minutes into the service. Uh, I needed to get something, and so I was walking through the lobby, and John uh, was out there, and he was on the security team. Maybe you didn't know we have a security team, uh, but they kind of keep an eye on things so that we can gather safely here in the sanctuary. And, uh, and John was like, hey, Pastor Dave, come here. We've got a situation. And I see right beside John are three, three little boys. And they don't, they don't have shoes on. They just have socks on. And two of them are carrying a big stick. And I realize, okay, yeah, these are not PFC kids. These are uh, kids from the neighborhood uh, that live right here in the adjacent development. And so uh, John said, yeah, uh, Pastor Dave, I saw uh, this one kid beating this other kid with a stick. And then uh, this kid said that this kid called him a certain word, and this kid called this kid a certain word. And I'm like, all right, John, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take this. And so we go outside. And uh, it was in that moment, though, I felt the tension of truth and grace. Because I knew a little bit of truth needed to be taught. Like you can't, like uh, sticks hurt. All right, you can't beat each other with sticks. We don't want anybody getting hurt, right? But also words hurt. And so you can't use those words, unkind words. And so I needed to, I needed to bring a little truth. But in that moment, I felt like, man, I want to bring a whole lot of grace too. Because these are not PFC kids. These are kids that often hang out here on the playground and mess around in our parking lot. And they're obviously bored on a Sunday morning and they're over here uh, with us. And... Uh, and I don't want them to have a bad experience of PFC, where there's a bunch of adults that just yell at them, and like church is the no-fun zone, and, and uh, I want them to experience some grace. So I tried to give that in that moment. We were joking around a little bit after I took their sticks. Uh, we were joking around a little bit and, and uh, having, having some fun. Have you ever found yourself in a situation like that, that you felt that tension between grace and truth? We say it all the time here at PFC that we are a people, help me out, we are a people following Christ. PFC, people following Christ. And so who is, the, who is this Christ that we follow? Well, John says it this way in John 1.14. He says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And I think this is the apostle John's not so subtle way of actually... Uh, uh, saying that Jesus is the Son of God, uh, talking about Jesus' divinity, because these verses echo God's own character 
as described all the way back in Exodus chapter 34, verse 6, where it says the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and then abounding or full of loving kindness and truth. So it's that hesed, that loving kindness that we often talk about here at Parker Ford Church. And it's also this truth or this faithfulness of God, full of grace and truth. He was full. How many of you know someone who's full of something? <laughs> Don't tell me what they're full of, though. <laughs> but maybe they're full of joy or they're full of uh, laughter. They're just fun to be around. Um, Jesus came full, and I, and I like the, the, the word in the original language that uh, describes full. Uh, uh, play race, it's filled to the brim. Think about a cup of water for a second. Filled to the brim, complete, lacking nothing, abounding in, and thoroughly full. So it's the glass of water so full that when you tap it or you bump it, like it starts to spill out. If you get anywhere close to Jesus, or if you get anywhere close to the people of Jesus, we should be so full, so plerous, so full of grace and truth that you can't even touch us without us overflowing with this grace and this truth, if we truly are a people following Christ. So why does it matter that Jesus came full of grace and truth? It matters because of this. Grace saves and truth frees. If Jesus came full of grace and full of truth, then we as followers of Jesus should be full of grace and full of truth. But the problem is we often haven't gotten this right. At least I know I haven't. Because we typically tend to live on one side of this paradox, right? Maybe we're either all, we're all on the truth side to the extreme or we're all on the grace side to the extreme but Jesus didn't come with just one he came with with both so let's talk truth for a second some of you you love truth you're like yeah that's me I'm a truth person truth 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 24 7 truth right you know and you're like the Bible says it I believe it you know and so and so they're not they're not living the truth you know they're they're uh you know they're not behaving right they're not dressing right they're not talking right they're not living the truth you know, and so you find something on, on social media that you think is truth, you know, and you post it for the world to say, and you're like, hashtag truth, this is it, you know, and if you don't believe this truth, if you're not living the truth, then you are going where you know you're going, and you deserve that, you know. How many of you know somebody who's like all on the truth side, to the extreme, 24-7 truth? Yeah. Not usually fun to be around, right? Usually a little mean, a little judgmental, a little out of touch. Well, that's truth without grace. But then on the other side, there's an extreme on the other side where there, it's, it's grace, 24-7 grace without truth. It's like, ah, you know, hey, uh, God loves everybody, doesn't he? I mean, we're, we're all sinners. None of us are perfect. You know, it doesn't matter what you do. Who are you to judge me? You just do you and I'll just do me. 24-7 grace without truth. And these two extremes create two extremely big problems. I want to talk about this, these problems for a second. On one side, you have truth without grace, and that leads to rebellion. That leads to rebellion. Where there is just truth all the time without any compassion or kindness, where there's no listening to the other person's story or testimony, where there's no love, no grace, and people just reject that, and they rebel hard against that. I have people that I grew up with that live, that grew up in a very like religious but very legalistic truth, truth, truth all the time type of a home. And when they left home, they're like, with the complete op, you got it. 
They went the complete opposite way, you know? In fact, I can Google one of my classmates at my Christian school that I went to. And there's a mugshot of him after his third DUI, you know? He's just like so far the other way. Uh, parents, if you want to almost guarantee rebellious kids, lead your family with rules, 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 and religion, 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 without any type of relationship. And you'll see some rebellion. It's truth without grace, and it leads to rebellion. That's one extreme problem. The other problem is on the other side, as you can only imagine. Grace without truth leads to relativism. What's that? Well, that's the belief that there really is no such thing as absolute truth. If there's no such thing as absolute truth, then there's my truth, and there's Deb's truth, and there's Patty's truth, and there's Kirsten's truth, whatever you want truth to be. And so therefore, since there's no truth, you can't tell me, and God can't tell me how to live because there's no such thing as truth. So grace without truth leads me to the conclusion that it doesn't really matter what you do as long as you're happy. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. Right? Or maybe you've heard, like, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you don't hurt anybody. That's grace without truth. Whole nother extreme. But when Jesus came, he came with both. Full of grace, full of truth. And that, so therefore, we as followers of Christ, we are to live and to love with grace and truth. What does grace do? Well, grace saves, truth frees. So what is grace? And just to scratch the surface of a very rich word, charis, right? It means the undeserved kindness and favor and goodwill of God. It's the loving kindness. It's the kindness of God that scripture says leads to repentance. Interesting. Kindness of God. Not the truth of God, but the kindness of God leads to repentance. And here's the key. This grace that God gives us is undeserved. It's unmerited. There's nothing that you can do to earn it. Just the moment that you think you deserve grace, it's not grace. Grace saves. Scripture says in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. You're saved from your sins by grace, through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, lest anyone should boast. And it's interesting, in, in, in this verse that we saw in John 1.14, Jesus came full of grace and truth. Um, it's interesting to notice the order of those two terms, grace and truth. And I don't want to make a big deal about this, but I'm going to make a big deal. <laughs> now, I can't prove this because this is like, you know, many manuscripts ago. But the word order is just interesting to me. The first word is grace. And I wonder if, if and I can't prove this, but I wonder if, that's not meant for us as followers of Christ, that we need to be people, men and women, who lead with grace and then proclaim truth. We're all sitting in rows today. Uh, just for a moment, just look, look down your row, see who's in your row. Smile at them, wave at them, <laughs> make a goofy face at them, nice. Uh, don't look at them judgmentally. But who, in, just think for a moment, who in your row this morning needs grace? Who needs grace? Yeah, I'm going to go through a, a kind of a scenario here, and in these scenarios, just kind of think, like, who, who in this situation needs grace? So let's say, we have, uh, let's say we have a mom and a wife right here. She's sitting right here. Sorry, I stepped on you. Uh, she's sitting right here, and she's a wonderful mother, wonderful wife, but she's got this friend that she loves, but it's a friend that she also can't stand because her friend is, like, perfect in every way, perfect family. She posts all these amazing pictures of uh, family dinners, you know, and, 
and all the awards that her kids are getting, you know, it's the end of May, and her kids are just racking them up, you know, and so she loves her friend, but she also can't stand her friend, because she's so perfect, and she's so jealous and envious of her friend. What do you think? Does this lady need grace? Yes. Right next to her is her husband. He's a great guy. He's really good in business, and one of the reasons he's good in business is because he loves money. I mean, he really loves money, and so he works, 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 and works. He's rarely home, and when he is home, uh, he's home in physically, but he's not home. You know what I mean? He's not fully present, so the family is suffering because of that. He's there at home, but he's thinking about how he's going to make more money the next day. Does this guy need grace? Yes, right? Next to this guy is this older lady. She's a sweet lady. Uh, she is very involved in the church. She leads a Bible study, and uh, God is working through her. It's amazing, but she is battling this, um, this forgiveness thing with her mother. Uh, her mother uh, has since passed on, but there were some issues right before her death, and, uh, and there was issues all during her life where her mo- mother was very controlling, and there was emotional abuse, and she is really having a hard time letting some things go and actually forgiving her mother. Does she need forgiveness? Yes. Right next to her is this uh, college party animal guy. Uh, he, uh, where there's alcohol, he is there, and he is indulging. Uh, where there are girls, he is chasing them all over the place. Uh, he is just living it up, and, but he's hurting himself. He's embarrassing himself, but he's hurting himself, and he's hurting others. Is he a candidate for grace? Yes. On the end is a guy who is uh, very religious. He has his act together. He's been walking with Christ for a long time. Very involved in church. And he sits here, and he looks down the row at all these other people, and he's like, phew, so glad I'm not that. So glad I don't have their issues. It's almost like beating his chest, like the story that Jesus told, you know. You know, God, thank you that I'm not like that guy. Does he need grace? He does. Think about you for a second. Do you need grace? See, sometimes I think inadvertently the church gets it wrong. And without meaning to, what we end up doing is saying, you have to actually believe first. Like it's all about truth. Truth, truth, truth. It's kind of a lot like the church I grew up in. It's, it's, it's funny and sad to think about all at the same time. Uh, my church, it, there was a lot of things that were implied, some, some things that were spoken some things that were unspoken, but like one thing, goofy thing, like you couldn't smoke, obviously, you couldn't smoke in church, but you couldn't even smoke on the property. So uh, my grandfather had to wait till he got to our house and was in the backyard uh, for him to uh, light up his, you know, post-worship service celebratory cigarette, you know. Uh, there was this other thing where like this, this lady in our church, Patty was her name, not the PFC Patty, but Patty, and uh, she uh, was an amazing singer, and I loved listening to her sing because she not only had a great voice, but she, like, felt it. She got into it. And she moved around a little bit. And, and so whenever I saw that, you know, Patty was going to sing, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Uh, but Patty was a pants wearer. She, she liked to wear pants. Now, you're laughing, but understand, like, my church had this, like, rule that you couldn't be on the platform uh, during a church service if you're a woman if you had pants on. You had to have a skirt or a dress. And so Patty wasn't on the rotation very often. And when she was, she would reluctantly comply. And so if I saw Patty walk into church and she had a skirt or a dress on, I was like, yeah, Patty's singing today, right? This is going to be good. Crazy. 
But here was the implied rule. The rule was this. Uh, if, you, if you behave and you believe, then you can belong. And you can belong as long as you behave. But if you don't believe the way we do, then you've got to go to another church and you no longer belong here. So you can belong if you believe and if you behave. But last I checked, that wasn't the gospel. Right? Jesus doesn't say, change your life, get, every, get your act together, be perfect, and then follow me. He just says, come, follow me. Hang out with me, learn from me, and let me do the changing work, because grace saves. And that's why we sometimes get it wrong, and we need to adjust our thinking that we need to actually lead with grace. And what I want is our church to be a place where people belong even before they believe. You want that? Jared's going to be moving to, well, I don't know if I should announce this, but uh, they're moving to, what, Nashville, Tennessee in a couple months or a month, and they were just talking about, like, you know, how are we going to find a church? And this was, this was what he was sharing with me earlier this morning, like, this is it right here. We want to find a church where it's okay to belong before you believe. And it's okay to belong even before you behave. I want to be a church. I want to be a part of a church. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. It's so dangerous, right? What about the truth thing, you know? The, the people, you know, if, if people can do whatever, you know, then you're telling us we have no standards. Now, and then Paul, I think, pushed back on this very thing. Uh, in Romans 6, he's like, what shall we say then? Shall we uh, go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? We lead with grace. We lead with grace, but then we proclaim truth. This is where it gets really, really tricky. We need to proclaim truth, like Ephesians 4 tells us to, to proclaim truth in love. When we proclaim truth, we better do it in love. Tone matters. Relationship matters. Humility matters whole bunch of other things. We lead with grace and we proclaim truth. The challenge with truth to a post-Christian generation is post-Christians are often skeptical about truth. They would tell you that anyone who claims to know truth is arrogant at best and dangerous at worst. And here's what we have to understand. Truth isn't restrictive. It's not repressive or oppressive. Truth is actually truth is free. Truth is liberating. It's absolutely and completely life-giving. If you think back to the book of Genesis, after God created Adam and Eve, he, he's like, good. I, I did a good work right there. That's good. That's good stuff. And he, he told them, be fruitful and multiply, which is a great blessing from the Lord. And then he's like, hey, you know, enjoy my creation. Except this one tree. Uh, hands off. And what he was doing in that moment was actually protecting them. He was actually giving them freedom because if they were to eat from this tree, they would experience spiritual death. They would lose their innocence. Their eyes would be open. So in this moment, his rules were loving and freeing and liberating. See, truth isn't just rules. Truth isn't just regulation and morals. Truth, you ready? Truth is a person. Truth is not just a what. Truth is a who. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And you know the truth, John 8 says, and the truth will set you free. Grace saves. Truth frees. 
So think about the people in your row. Think about the people in your home or the people you work with. How does this work? How does this play out? Grace and truth. Going back to our little uh, scenario here. Here we go. The mom, the wife, who has jealousy issues and envy issues, right? Uh, Grace says, hey, you're welcome here. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have all your relationships and, you know, perfect to, to, to be here. Welcome. But you need to know, like, jealousy and envy will rot your bones, right? It will rot you from the inside out. This bitterness, this gossiping about your friend behind her back, like, there's a better way. Her husband, you know, you're welcome here as well. You know, I'm glad you made it today with your busy schedule. You know? You're here not making money. It's amazing. Um, but understand, like, you're supposed to love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Your family needs you. Your family's important. Grace and truth. Grace for the older lady who has forgiveness issues. Man, God is working through you. Your Bible study is amazing. All the other things that you do here at, at, at PFC or whatever is amazing. You're doing a great job. But, yeah, forgiveness. You're supposed to forgive just as Christ forgave you. And your unforgiveness can be a hindrance to your intimacy with, with God. It can impact relationships in a negative way. Let's talk more. Grace and truth. To the guy who's a party animal. Hey, man, it looks like you were out late last night. Let me get you some coffee. And some water, you know, like, you're welcome here. Glad you're here. But hey, uh, Jesus offers a better way. You don't have to go running at all these other things to find fulfillment and satisfaction. Jesus offers that. I'd love to walk with you on your journey of learning more about who Jesus is. And then this guy on the end. This guy um, always gets me because uh, this guy can, can be me sometimes. The judgmental guy, the guy involved in church, the, the guy uh, who's been walking with Christ for a long time, and I have moments where I just, I am so judgmental, where I just, I want to, I, I put people down so that I seem better. This guy is in need of grace, and this guy is in need of truth. This guy needs to know, sorry, this guy needs to know God loves him. But also, this guy needs a dose of humility. See, every one of us is in, a, is in a place where we need both grace and truth. I need grace, and I need truth. There's been so many big things that have happened uh, the past three years, uh, since 2020. So many times, I mean, we've got the pandemic, but then, you know, we've got, like, church stuff and merger stuff and family stuff and you guys have all experienced big things over the past three years but for me there's so many moments where I'm just like man I don't know what to do I've second guessed my my spiritual leadership I I just man and and God has been gracious again and again and again. He showered me with his love and his grace and, and his truth hey <laughs> trust in me quit leaning on your own understanding in all your ways, just acknowledge me and I will make your path straight. I have not given you the spirit of fear, Dave, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Like, man, don't be anxious about everything or anything. Sorry, I reworded that. Uh, don't be anxious about anything, but in prayer with, with thanksgiving, present your request to me. I pour out my peace, my, my peace that passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds. 
We're all in need of grace and all in need of I am so glad that Jesus came completely full of overflowing grace and truth. We're going to end with uh, a song that you might know. Um, are we going to do two or one? It's up to you. Uh, <laughs> well, we're, we're going to do at least one that is a hymn that you're going to recognize. Solid, solid as the rock, right? Solid rock. And... Uh, going to be a great way for us to end our gathering today, just to remember that we need to cling to Jesus' name, Jesus who is full of grace and full of truth, the truth, the, the, the chain-breaking, sin-shattering, intimacy-building, life-giving truth of God revealed in Jesus Christ and His grace, which is almost scandalous. The way that Jesus would, uh, would comfort the sinners and would and would uh, love the outcasts and touch the lepers and befriend prostitutes. So thankful for his grace and his truth. You see, the post-Christian generation isn't rejecting Jesus. They're rejecting a distorted view of who Jesus is from a church that hasn't always gotten this right. You need to know, and your friends need to know, that you are welcome here at PFC, no matter what you're facing, whatever questions you have, whatever baggage you're bringing in, whatever addictions you're struggling with, whatever negative thoughts you have right now in your head, whatever family dysfunction you're coming out of or have right now, you are welcome here. There's a place for you here. Along the way, you're going to hear truth. His name is Jesus. We talk a lot about Jesus here at PFC. I think if you see Jesus as he really is, I think you will want to follow him. Because he is the word made flesh. We've seen his glory. He's full of grace. He's full of truth. He wants to set people free. Let's pray together. Would you stand with me? God, in these final moments this morning, it's, it's been such a great day. But in these final moments, we just want to do a couple things. We want to hear from you. Some of us are in a spot where we need to be reminded of how amazing, kind of sounds like a cliche, but how amazing your grace is and how liberating your truth is. We just want to worship you in this moment. We rest on your changing grace. We cling to your name, Jesus name above every name, the name that is full of grace and truth. May we walk this out in our lives and in our relationships as well. Lead with grace and then lovingly proclaim truth. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.